Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church, it's about building a great people. This is the final part of our teaching series, Small Changes, Big Difference. If you're in the Boston area, we'd love for you to join us next weekend for a new series titled, Saved People, Serve People. You can visit iintailfamilychurch.com for details. Mark your calendars. On June 26th through the 28th, our highlight event of the summer, Family Matters is back. Family Matters is three great nights with something specific for everyone, including VBS for the kids and fun and prizes for IFC youth. Join us for Family Matters, June 26th through the 28th. Now, here's today's message. Amen. You ready for God's Word today? Come on, let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to agreement. In faith, believing today that what you're about to share with us is going to truly impact our lives. We don't approach the ministry of your word with with a casual attitude, with a whole hum, oh, whatever kind of attitude. We're on the edge of our seats. We have expectation today because we're about to hear eternal truths that'll, that'll impact our lives and change our lives forever. We believe that the way we walked in is going to be very different than the way we walk out of here today because we believe your word will answer our questions, will inspire us, will give us solutions, will help us grow, will help us be all that you've called us to be, and we give you all the honor, all the glory and praise, for you're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Welcome to our final part of our four-part series entitled, Small Changes, Big Difference. In week one, we talked about a seed sown, something so small that brings great impact into your life. Last week, the second week, we talked about God assigned connections. God doesn't ever ask you to succeed alone. God always brings the right people at the right time across your path. How we treat them, these great people that God brings us, will depend on or not if they can stay. Last week we talked about your words, didn't we? Man, that was powerful. Your words. And we've been saying each week that many people believe that because their problems are so big that they need big answers to bring it to pass. And I understand why. I understand that we can be emotionally involved in the challenges of whatever it might be in our finances, in our marriage, relationships, our health. And so we believe that oftentimes because we we see no way out, we see no clear path to, to change, we figure this big problem needs a really big answer. We need a really big check. We need a really big promotion. We need a really big breakthrough. And I understand that. But we read last week that James says to us, and James taught us, that that's just not true. James says, the bigger your problem, the answer still remains the same. It's something so small, it's called the tongue. Exactly right. The tongue is always the answer. And you can go online at intlfamilychurch.com. We won't go into more detail, but you'll want to hear these last three messages. They're, they're a tremendous blessing. And you can go online and then go to the media section, archive. They're all there for your enjoyment to listen to as many times as you so desire. Today, I want to talk to you about take responsibility. Take responsibility. You hear that holy hush that comes across the crowd as we talk about one of your favorite subjects, taking responsibility. Well, here's our big takeaway. Here's our one big point I want you to go home with. Here's what we're going to spend time unpacking today. The moment you take responsibility for everything in your life is the moment you can change 
anything in your life. Wow. What are those things that need to change in your life? What falls under the category of anything that you need change? Well, let's talk about that today. In living a life where you take responsibility, you need to understand there's a God part and there's a your part. You must recognize that there is this holy collaboration between you and God, this partnership between you and the Holy Spirit, and you need to work it, you need to understand it, so you can take advantage of this partnership, this collaborative effort that God wants to do in your life. Philippians chapter 2 explains this to us. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 12, it says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. We see it right here. Work out is your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Work in is God's responsibility. It's the partnership we have with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Living life to the fullest is this collaborative effort. This verse right here is written to believers, and it's written to the church, and it's not about how to start a new life in Christ. It's all about how to grow and take responsibility. That's important today. It doesn't say for you to work for your salvation because you can't add anything to what Jesus has already done for you. It tells us to work out our salvation. For example, when you work out, your physical body gets in shape. You don't work out to get a body. You already have one, right? You don't work out a puzzle. Um, when, when you work out a puzzle, all the pieces are already there. You're just doing your task is what? To put them all together to make it look like the cover of that puzzle box, right? When the farmer works the land, he doesn't work the land to get land. He works the land he already has to develop that land. And so it is when you give your life to Christ. Amen. You need to work out your salvation. You have salvation. You have new life. Now it's time to take responsibility for it and do something about it and work out your salvation and do something in your, your ability to grow and develop what's in you because we are in Christ. Amen. God has given you a new life to enjoy. Now it's our responsibility, the Bible says, to work out this with what? Fear and trembling. That means take it serious. It means, hey, IFC, sit up and pay attention. Because what you're about to hear is going to be critical. What you're about to hear is going to be monumental. What you're about to hear, you need to be alert about. You need to be alive about. You need to understand. You need to know your destiny is at stake. And if you're going to take responsibility, you need to sit up and pay attention. You need to realize today that you are about to hear something that will save your life, that will absolutely cause you to rise up to the fullness of what God created you for. Amen. In order to take responsibility in your life, there are five decisions you must settle once and for all. Today is your day to settle it. Today is your day to make up your mind. 
Today is your day to, to know without a shadow of a doubt that these five things I share with you, it's not rocket science. They are small things, but put together, they, they cause a giant of an effect in your life today. How many are ready for this? Amen. Here's decision number one. Decision number one is resist laziness. As that holy groan goes across the congregation. Resist laziness. Understand something. Lazy people are unhappy and they don't know why. The reason they're unhappy is because God created them, this magnificent, marvelous vessel, person that God created, but he didn't create you to sit around and do nothing, amen, bearing no good fruit. Understand something. We've been created to have to bear good fruit. Fruitfulness is why I'm here. Fruitfulness is why you're here. If we're not fruitful, why are we here? Fruitfulness is God's plan. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to see good things. He wants your life to make a difference in your family and for others. Good fruit is the call of the hour. We were created for movement. That's why God puts so many joints inside of your body. Why? To move and to be active and to, to, to accomplish. You were created for movement. You were not created for stagnation. You were not created just to be a lump on the log. You're not created just to breathe all the oxygen in and not contribute in life. Amen. The lazy man never sees anything good happening. Why? Because everything around him is in shambles. They're confused. Um, they're, they're clueless. They're not sure what should happen next because their life is just not working like it should because he never takes responsibility. And so because of that, nothing changes for him or for her, including their spiritual life. A survey of Discipleship Journal, which is a excellent magazine, asked its subscribers, what are the top things that you struggle with spiritually? What are the top things that are the greatest effort that get in the way of your spiritual development? And here's what we find out. Number one, materialism. Number two, pride. Number three, self-centeredness. And look right there in the top five, laziness. We all deal with it. It's an issue that stands in the way of our walk with God. And I'm sure those other three have a part to play in our lives. And Proverbs 6 says a lot about this. And here's, here's the picture you need to understand. Here's the truth about what Proverbs 6, 6 through 11 says. You lazy fool. Look at the ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell you what to do. All summer, it stores up food, and har at harvest, it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there. A day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Wow. Right? That's serious. My goodness. I did a message years ago called Sluggardemia, Lazyitis, and Slothomonia. Three diseases that we believers suffer from on an ongoing basis. 
If you want to see change in your life, you got to start asking the question, God, what can I do? What's the next step? What do I need to begin to understand? I need to be doing something different in my life. Don't just sit idly by and wishing something good to happen for you. See, the lazy man and woman, they see the problem. They talk about the problem, but they do nothing about the problem. The second decision you have to make if you're going to live a responsible life once and for all, number two, you need to stay active. You need to stay active. Being responsible means being active in what you're passionate about. You have to discover your passion. What's the fire in your belly? Many times when I sit down with people and I, I'm getting to know them for the very first time, usually one of my questions along the way of our discussion is, what? tell me about the fire in your belly. They came to talk about their issues, talk about how bad their wife is, how bad their husband is, how bad life is, and how overwhelming life is. And, and, and I get it. And somewhere along the line, I get them off of where they are, and I start asking them about, what, is you, what are you passionate about? What keeps you up at night? What wakes you up? What causes you to come alive? What do you love? What do you hate? What angers you? What grieves you? What is it in your heart? Where can we locate fire? Because it's the fire in your belly that'll wake you up and keep you alive, amen? When all hell is breaking loose against you, everything is telling you to quit and give up. It's hopeless. Don't you know? Can't you see? You see in the mirror. You see what you lie next to in bed. You know what's going on. You see your checkbook. You see the bills piling up in that drawer that you don't even want to see, right? You live in that denial. You know what's going on. What is it that fires you up? Hmm. See, the Bible gives us a lot of instructions about how to stay alive. It tells us that we should be praying, being attentive to God's word. It tells us we should bless others. It goes on to tell us how we need to put our hands to work. We need to mind our own business. We need to quit being judgmental and critical, amen, and, and, and complaining and, and murmuring goes on to say that we need to practice walking in love. We need to be quick to forgive. We need to quit being so offended. And at all costs, we need to stop being so bitter and resentful. On and on the list goes. Why? Because the Bible knows God knew that there'd be plenty of opportunities for us to want to give up. Plenty of opportunities to want to kind of find the shortcut, to try to find the, the easy way out, to try to put it on somebody else or whatever the case may be. And God knew, no, 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 you need to stay active. You need to wake up. You need to move. You need to, you need to stand. You need to pray. You need to uh, be alert. You need to stand on God's word. You need to use your faith. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to manifest and understand what God's plan for your life is. See, stay active. And, and we need to recognize that that is God's plan for our lives. James 1.22 puts it plainly, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do whatever it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Do whatever you can do and refuse to sit around and do nothing. Remember, do what you can do. Then God will do what you cannot do. Amen. Amen. God doesn't expect you to do what you can't do. As we say around here, do the possible and he will do the impossible. Absolutely. 
Amen. So we need to understand today that there's a God part and there's a your part. And God will not do your part. And until you do your part, there are many parts that God cannot do what he wants to do. Oh, he's merciful. And yes, he goes way beyond the call of duty. He's not like we are. But, but I've learned this, that the longer you do nothing, the less you want to do something. The longer you stay out of church, the longer you stay away from praying, the longer you don't read your Bible, the longer you are putting other spiritual responsibilities off or the natural responsibility, the longer you do that, the harder it is to do it. You know, when you haven't prayed for a long time, it's hard to get back in that flow. When you haven't been in church for a long time, it's hard to get that discipline back in your life. When you haven't been tithing for a long time and giving and being generous, it's hard to break through again and realize, man, this doesn't belong to me. It's hard to do it. The longer you do nothing, the longer you don't do something, it's the harder it is to get back to doing what you need to do. Be intentional about being active, pursuing your dreams. Don't convince yourself you deserve just to to do nothing. I've worked hard all my life. It's time for me to sit around and sit in my rocking chair. No, it's not. That's a quick way to die and go to heaven. Heaven's great, but don't go before your time. Amen. Be active. Be bold. Amen. See, you got to keep your engine running. God can't, God can't move a parked car. Amen. Even if you're in a waiting period, keep the engine rubbing. Revving. Room, 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 room. Maybe it's not time to go yet. You don't want to be foolish, but at the same time, you can't sit around doing nothing. You have to stay active. Well, those are the first two parts. That's just the appetizer. Are you ready for the main course? Yeah. All right, you said yeah. <laughs> Number three, third decision. Declare, I've attended my last pity party. Ooh, yes. Declare, I have attended my last pity party. Here's a good important question today. Are you willing to take responsibility for what you do, acknowledging that the choices you make in life will determine your outcome? So you have have to answer that question. And if you're willing to say, yes, I will take full responsibility for my life choices because I know my life choices will determine my outcome. If your answer is yes, and there really is no other answer, if your answer is yes, then if so, you need to make up your mind that the next time the devil invites you to your own pity party, you say, no, thank you. Because you're going to have plenty of opportunities to be invited to your own pity party. You're going to have plenty of opportunities because we love to be connected to how we feel. Oh, I'm so sorry you feel this way. And we have our love affair with all of our emotions, and we feel so sad, and we feel so deeply sad, and we feel so overwhelmed, and, and we want somebody just to love us and to hug us and to make us feel good and to pat us on the back and rub our back and to put their fingers through our hair. Come on, somebody. You know, I say all the time, I'm Italian. Don't mess with my emotions, right? I like my emotions. 
I like feeling in love with my wife. I love feeling good about a good home-cooked meal. Come on, somebody, right? I love my pasta and my meatballs and, and Verna's homemade, whatever else she does. I don't, don't take it. I love feeling, amen, certain things, but I have to make up my mind that it's not going to be my final authority. We're going to stand before God one day, and God's going to ask us, why did you waste so much time feeling sorry for yourself? We all like a pity party. But you're the only one at your pity party. Nobody else is there. You're the only one with the noise blowers. You're the only one with the balloons hanging. You're the only one with the cake. No one's there because nobody wants to be at your pity party, and nobody wants to come to my pity party. Amen? And we have to make up our minds that we are done going to pity parties. Amen. That's so important. Let me tell you something. Spiritual maturity learns to do what Jesus did. Let me tell you something. Jesus did not feel sorry for himself when Peter denied him and Judas betrayed him. He didn't feel sorry for himself when his own brothers thought he was crazy, thought he was nuts, and his own disciples were not there when he needed them the most, right? No, he didn't feel sorry for himself. He picked himself back up. He said, ah, I've got work to do. He knew what his passion was. He knew what his purpose was. He knew what he was called here for. He knew why God sent him here. He knew that he had an assignment to do. Amen. And his assignment, his passion. Let me tell you something. Passion always overrides pity. That's good for somebody. You're going to write that down. Amen. Passion always overrides pity. His passion overrode whatever pity could ever be stirred up in Jesus' life. He knew why he was here. He knew that not anybody closest to him, all the people walked away. Jesus, even though he was tempted to say, let this cup pass from me if it's possible, because it was so heavy. It was such a responsibility. And he said, no, no, let your will be done. He made up his mind. It was his passion that override the pity. See, when you're passionate, pity has no place. Pity has no room. Pity, amen, when the, when the knock comes on the door and the invitation comes in the mail for the pity party, passion answers. Passion answers. Over the 37 years passing this church, 42 years in ministry, we've had plenty of opportunities, trust me, to feel sorry for ourselves. Plenty of opportunities that we said yes to feeling sorry for ourselves. But the thing that brought us out every single time was our purpose, was our passion, was the fire in my belly, was the, was the, was the, design, the assignment that God gave us. And it always overrode pity. Let me tell you something. You can't be grateful and resentful in the same heart. You can't. Amen. It's one or the other. Either you're going to walk in purpose or you're going to walk in pity. You've got to make up your mind. You can't have both. We must realize when life or people disappoint us. Listen. We have one responsibility, and that is to remain stable and continue with the purpose of God for our lives. Amen. We will not be held responsible for what other people do. We'll be held responsible for ourselves. I certainly don't want to stand before God one day and and give an account of why I wasted so much time in self-pity. Why did we yield ourselves to so many emotional responses to life? 
I love Psalm 94 because it gives us hope. It gives us hope in Psalm 94, verse 12. Blessed with wisdom and prosperity is the man whom you discipline and instruct. O Lord, whom you teach from your law that you may grant him power to calm himself and find peace in the days of adversity. Days of adversity come. You might be in the middle of your day of adversity that lasted way longer than you ever expected. Or, and you need to understand something. It doesn't say in this verse that God calms you down, does it? It says God gives you the power for you to be calm. He gives us the power to be calm. He wants you to recognize, even if you're distressed today, dis de de depressed today, overwhelmed today, in a place where, where you are just can't understand what in the world's going on, feeling sorry for yourself, no longer active, tempted to be lazy, amen, and you got to understand something, we're partners, amen. Responsibility means to respond to the ability you have. That's responsibility. Responding to your ability. Responding to what you're able to do. What are you able to do? That's responsibility. And don't give that ability away. Be responsible for what God has put inside of your heart, for your purpose, for your passion, for those things that God created you. Let's declare out loud today. Ready? I've attended my last pity party. Now say it loud and clear. Now, like you mean it. Now, tell your neighbor. Come on, some of you aren't doing that. That makes me mad. All right? I'm riled up enough that if you don't follow my instructions, I'm going to come sit in your lap, make you sing a solo. We're going to do this again so you can, you can have a reprieve. All right? Because some of you just irked me because you're sitting there and not doing this. Just being real. You ready? Say it with me. Now, do you mean that today? Yes. Do you realize how powerful that statement is? Do you realize what a lifesaver that is? Do you realize what you're saying to all the powers that be today? Do you realize that you're declaring something that'll bring victory into your life, that'll bring you joy in your life, that'll be a seasonal change in your life, that your destiny is affected? I have attended my last pity party. Oh, my goodness, how powerful that is today. Amen. Now let me move on here. The fourth decision that you must settle once and for all in order to take responsibility for your life. You ready, number four? Immediately stop the blame game. Immediately stop the blame game. I'm talking about right now. Make up your mind. Stop it. Stop it. Stop blaming other people. When you blame other people, you know what that means? You are declaring loud and clear, I will not take responsibility for my life. That's what it means when you blame other people, when you blame circumstances, when you blame life, when you blame a twist in, in your experience that something never expected, and we, we're blaming others or circumstances in life and people. You're saying, I'm not going to take responsibility for that. And when you don't take responsibility for it, guess what? Nothing changes. You can't change anything about your life, how true that is. And we recognize that is so true. Take responsibility for your life. Amen. Amen. Now, 
I understand how difficult that can be when life threw you such a curve. Or you didn't expect that person to do what they did to you. You didn't expect God, that situation to rise up like it did. Amen. But it's a total waste of time to blame. Amen. And it's a game that started with Adam and Eve in the garden. It's been going on ever since. We often blame people, life, and circumstances, and we don't want to take responsibility, and we don't want to be responsible because it's easier to blame. It's easier to pass the buck. It's easier to say, this is beyond me. This is bigger than me, and that's just not how God works in your life. If you're discouraged and, and distressed and full of self-pity, you got to make up your mind, I'm not going to sit here and blame anyone anymore. I'm going to make my stand. I'm going to take control of my emotions, and I am not going to use the blame game any longer. And I feel like, you know, even when you blame yourself, that's counterproductive. If you've blown it, and we all have, get right behind me. When you've messed up big time, take responsibility for your mess up. Ask God to forgive you. Ask those that need to hear you say, I'm sorry. Ask for forgiveness. And then it's time for you to move on. Amen. It's not spiritual to wallow in your self-pity, to wallow in I'm no good, I'm such a terrible person. And, and I get why you feel that way, but it's counterproductive even when you blow it, even when you made somebody else's life miserable. Thank God God can help you press forward and refocus your passion and refocus God's plan for your life. Listen, to, I don't understand. Life is not fair, but God is. God is. God will fight for you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. He's your attorney. He's fighting for you as we speak today. Revenge belongs to the Lord. It's not you. Amen. You need to trust God. I'm not saying that's easy. Amen. But you need to open up your heart and quit the blame game and be responsible for your purpose. Last but not least, the last thing we need to settle once and for all to take responsibility. Number five, care like only you can. Care like only you can. The reason why you must take responsibility for the outcome of your life because nobody cares about your life like you do. Even your mom doesn't care about your life like you do. Even your dad, your best friend, the people that believe in you the most, absolutely, you don't understand. Nobody cares like you. You're the one with the vested interest. Nobody cares about your kids like you. Nobody cares about your marriage like you. Nobody cares about your house like you, your dream like you, your pets like you, right? Your car like you. Nobody cares like you care. That's why it's important for you to rise up and recognize that if you don't care, then you're not taking responsibility. Sometimes it's painful to care. It's hard to care. It's work to care. We gotta start all over again when we care because we gave up. Of course, God cares, but He won't do the part for which you're responsible. Amen. He'll enable you to do your part. Amen. But He will not do your part and his part. Nobody is willing to put the time and effort into that dream like you, into those exercises like you, into that plan like you, into that school like you, into that homework like you, into that work like you. And sometimes we get frustrated people because they don't seem to have the same commitment we do. Well, in reality, it really isn't fair because God put what's in your heart to do in your heart. 
Amen. And only you are passionate about what's in your heart. Somebody else can't care as much about what is in their heart, right? Because God didn't give it to you. But every one of us have to take ownership. You can care and encourage and love and, 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 and not baby and do all the things that need to be done. But in the end of the day, you have to care for what matters to you. What you'll stand before God and give an account for one day. Instead of thinking, Pastor, it's just not fair that I have so many responsibilities. Let me tell you something. So many of us complain about the very thing we believe God for. God gives it to us, and we complain about it. How many years have you prayed to have those children? You have them. Now you can't wait till they get out of the house. These crazy kids. I wish they'd just grow up. I wish they'd just become, get out of the toddler stage, now become adolescents, and get out of the teenage stage, and, and go to school, go to college, and it's never happy, because you're, you're never settled, because you prayed for these kids when you couldn't have them. You prayed that you would be a mom and a dad, and he gave you your heart's desire, and now you're complaining about the very responsibilities God gave you. You prayed about that new house. You saved for that new house. God gives you that new house, and now you're complaining. I got to paint it. I got to mow the lawn. I got to fix it. I got to do this. And you're whining about the very thing you believe God for. You believe God for that career. Now you're whining about it. You believe God for that situation. Now look at you. Come on. We can't complain about the very thing we wanted God to do for us. 42 years we've been in the ministry. 37 years I've been pastoring this church. I will not complain about the responsibilities that God has blessed us with. We have stood in faith for many years, and I'll not do it. I'll not do it. I'll not complain about you. I'll not complain about your care. I'll not complain about praying for you and standing and believing God for you and believing God for your marriage and believing God for your healing. I will not whine and complain about what's going on because we believe for you. We believe for the nations to come. And 60 nations are here today. I'm not going to whine about that. I'm not going to complain about that. You know why I'm not going to whine about it? Because if I'll be faithful with my responsibility, I'm the one going to reap the reward. Yes. Yes. Whine about your responsibility and work as hard as you do and not end up getting the reward? That doesn't seem right. Right? I've said to the Lord over and over again, it's not hard for me to do this. Is it hard? You better believe it. I am weighing over my head. I am way above my pay grade. I am way above my leadership skills. I am way above my business skills. I am way above it all. Amen. But I'm grateful for God's grace because God's grace makes all the difference. And God brings divine assigned connections. Amen. That what I don't know how to do, somebody else knows how to do. I'll be faithful with what I know how to do. What I'm doing right now, I know how to do that. I'm going to be faithful with what I know how to do. Amen. I'm going to counsel. I'm going to love. I'm going to be a shepherd. I know how to do that. And I'm not going to complain about how heavy it is to pastor other pastors and to bless other churches and to travel the world. I am not going to whine about the very thing that I believe God for. And here it is. And I've heard in my heart, the Lord reminded me over and over again and warned me, Jonathan, this is not too hard for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Businessman, mom, dad, 
businesswoman, college student, university student, single mom, single dad. It's not too hard for you. Young adult, it's not too hard for you to live in purity. Come on, somebody. It's not. Quit whining about it. Amen. Married couple, it's not too hard to walk in God's highest and best and to love each other. God's given you a grace. God's given you ability. Mom and dad, it's tough parenting. No doubt about it. But it's not too hard when you take full responsibility for your actions and full responsibility for the purpose and the passion that God put in your heart. It's not too hard. It's a privilege to do what we do. It's an honor to do what we do. And when you're faithful, you'll enjoy the blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I say you can't be grateful and resentful in the same heart. Be grateful for what God's done in your life. Don't resent it. Mm. Wow, that's good preaching. Remember our big takeaway. Here's where we started. The moment you take responsibility for everything in your life is the moment you can change anything in your life. Don't complain about what you won't take responsibility for. If you'll take responsibility for it, it's the first step towards change. It's the first step towards Jesus changing everything. In week one, we talked about the power of that seed. Something so small and insignificant, it seems. And look what God does when you sow that seed on purpose. Not just any seed, but you realize, here's the harvest I want. So all the way back here, I'm going to sow the right seed so I can have a predictable harvest over here. We talked about connections. God never wants you to succeed alone. He'll always bring the right people. He'll always bring great people in your path. Amen. Doctors and nurses and, and businessmen and businesswomen and mothers and fathers who've been there before and people that are older than you that have, have, have made all the mistakes and want to help you quit making so many in your own life. God will see to it that he'll bring these people into your life. How you treat them determines if they're going to be able to stay. And then our words. Oh, my goodness. Last week, what did we talk about? Pause ponder and pray. If we did more pausing, more pondering, and more praying, we wouldn't get in so much trouble with this big mouth of ours. Pause, ponder, and pray. And today, take responsibility. Five decisions. These aren't earth-shattering. Everything we've talked about, they're small changes that make a big difference. Small adjustments that bring radical change in your life. No longer ever again think that your big problem needs a big answer because it doesn't. Don't let the devil lie to you. I'm not saying it's not big. I'm not saying it's overwhelming. I'm not saying that you don't know necessarily the next step to take, but God does. And if you'll do some simple things, it's amazing the big impact, it'll happen in your life. Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Did you learn something today? Yes. Oh, it was good. I've had the honor to do it three times. If you'll hang around, I might do a fourth. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven. Ah, oh, we bless you, Jesus. Take inventory today. Are you being lazy? 
Are you no longer active? Are you having too many pity parties? Are you blaming too many people? Are you not caring about what you should be caring about that only you can carry about it, care about it as deep as it needs? Father, in your presence, we take inventory today. We settle it once and for all because our destinies are at stake. The God dream in our heart is at stake. Other people's lives and their quality is at stake. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you change everything. We love you, Jesus. Forgive us for our short-sightedness. Forgive us for our whining and complaining. We're all normal. We're all going to whine and complain, but, Lord, we can't stay there. we we got to stand up at some point and say, I'm done. It didn't work. It didn't help at all. It made it worse. It got me stuck. This will get you unstuck today. This will get you back on track today to experience God's highest and best in your life. Come on together. Let's sing it again, Rebecca. Jesus changes everything. today. Thank you, Lord. You change everything as we put our trust in you today. Thank you for hope rising today. Lies being healed today. Hope being found today. Thank you, Lord. Change being broken today. Thank you, Father. With every head bowed, please. Tell you something. The best way for you to take responsibility for your life is to make sure Jesus lives inside your heart today. He wants to change everything, but He needs your heart. He needs your invitation. He needs you to ask Him to come on in today. The greatest act of responsibility is to make sure your spiritual life, that God's size hole in your heart, is filled by the only thing that will work. His name is Jesus. He died for you, but he didn't stay dead.
he's alive and well and wants to come live inside of your heart and forgive you from your sin. Amen. And give you the assurance that a heaven is your home and that you're right with God. Only he can change your nature. Only he can change who you really are on the inside. Be responsible today and say, yes, I'll take responsibility for my heart, for my future, for my spiritual well-being. Today is that day. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready to take responsibility. I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've never done it, but today is my first time. I want to make sure Jesus lives in me, changes me. I'm ready to be responsible. I'm ready for a life change. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high? I want to pray for you. Thank you. God bless you. I'm not asking you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to acknowledge your need for him today. Raise it up high today. Who else? Raise it. Yeah, thank you. All the way in the back. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. I see it. Good for you. Who else? Raise it up high today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Who else? It's a very personal decision today. Only you can make up this mind, up your mind, open up your heart. Only you can say yes to Jesus. But that's the first step towards everything else falling into place as God so desires in your life today. Anybody else? Raise it up high. Yeah, thank you. All the way in the back. God bless you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Every service, hands have gone up. What a miracle today in the lives of people. Good for you for taking responsibility for your destiny and your spiritual future. Amen. God bless you. Join us online, please, as we pray. Let's all pray this prayer together. Pastor Moses is going to come and close the service in just a moment. So no one moving around, please. Just a moment. We're going to let you go. Give you an opportunity to get more prayer if you need it for whatever area is needed in your life. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus, to come into my heart and change me from the inside out. I declare you as my Lord, as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all my sin. I denounce my past, and I will live for you all the days of my life. I receive by faith the gift of salvation the gift of eternal life. From this day forward, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, consider subscribing, rating, and sharing it with a friend. To find out more information about what's happening at International Family Church, please visit intlfamilychurch.com.